You're listening to the Geek Watch Podcast, Episode 7, with your hosts, Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. been a while actually it's been a, a long while our last uh, podcast was on july 3rd and so that's over five months since the last one and so well here's the reason why my co-host tony slack uh because of family issues and there were a project or two that he wanted to work on uh he decided that he was going to leave the uh, podcast because he he wanted to focus on these new areas and of course um i i gave him my blessing on it i believe in people should follow their dreams and so of course, we here at Geek Watch give him, you know, we wish him the best in his his new adventures, which seem to be off to a great start. So, but they did leave me with a situation where I needed to figure out what I was going to do with the podcast because I wasn't, um, I didn't want to just sit here and talk with my uh, to myself. I didn't want to just ponti- uh, pontificate. Uh, I think that you know, for me, and I think for a lot of you, that the that the the fun of the podcast is having a conversation. So I realized that what I needed was a really strong uh, co-host to, to do the podcast. And fortunately for me, I found one. So it is my pleasure to introduce to you the new co-host of the Geek Watch podcast and our own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hey, Mandy. Hi, Brian. Hi, Hi. Mandy. Hi, I'm Mandy. I guess maybe uh, one of the reasons, like, it's been so long is uh, kind of you trying to talk me into (laughs) being your co-host, because you call me a geek goddess, but I have told you over and over again that I consider myself a mediocre geek. Well, you're, I mean, you're, you're very, I mean, you very much have, have the geek thing down. I mean, one of the things we had to work out, of course, was we need to make sure that the recording schedule didn't interfere with your Dungeons and Dragons time. Yes. And so, <laughs> so, now, uh, um, going a little bit about, so that we can let the audience know a little bit about you. Uh, I mean, you're a gamer, obviously. You're, uh, you, uh, do costuming and cosplay. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you also like Doctor Who. Which, I am. I'm a Whovian. So we yeah. have, we have, we have advanced uh, where Tony was not a Whovian. We've got one now. Uh, yes, and I'm I'm a neo Whovian, and we call you an Orthodox Whovian. Uh, true, because I've yes. seen the old school. Uh-huh. I've seen the old school stuff. Because we'll, Tom Baker's your doctor, right? Absolutely. Course, yeah. Well, you'll, you can see behind me this big long scarf. I that, see the scarf. Yeah. With a, with a uh, you'll notice, of course, that behind uh, on top of the scarf is a fez. So, you know, I, I believe in both the old and the new testament. I do too. I do too. <laughs> yes, and I have actually crocheted. I think three of those scarves now yeah. yeah i didn't knit them but but i can crochet so oh yeah I've made a few of those. so i mean you're also an artist and very much into geek arts and crafts so i feel like you know this is going to be a um a, this is was a good get i hope so <laughs> so i i'm gonna i'll work really hard for you and oh well thank you for asking me and considering me at all oh well, absolutely i and I'm, I'm glad you have the time to do this and, and thank you for taking the uh the co-host spot and uh on with that, let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, well, let's uh, let's get into uh, some strange things that have been happening in Hollywood recently. With, uh, yeah. um, well, uh, Disney has been busy. Right. So. It seems like we're getting ready to have a 
a big shift, I guess, <laughs> would be shift in power. Not maybe not power because Disney was always powerful, but well, they're get they're they're pulling all the uh, stops to get all the geek properties. Right. I mean, they have in in a way they have become so much like Galactus. They now literally have the rights. To Galactus. Galactus the, they've eaten the planet yeah. eater. If, there, if somebody out there uh, hasn't heard about this at all, and I don't know how you wouldn't have, there is a deal now with um, uh, uh, with Disney that they're getting ready to purchase uh, Fox. Uh, not all of Fox, but most of their, of, of their movie and entertainment properties. And so because of that, that's going to allow them, they're going to have the rights not only to the majority of the Marvel properties that they didn't have rights to before, namely the Fantastic Four and the X-Men, but it's also going to give them rights to the original trilogy Star Wars films, which uh, since 20th Century Fox was the first distributor, they still had the rights to those. So they're going to be able to kind of uh, bring them into the fold as well. And so... uh, and they, of course, they were able to do that because of the success, first of all, with the Marvel films, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and now uh, bringing Star Wars back, and they have been very successful. And so they've been making billions upon billions of dollars, so now they have billions upon billions of dollars to spend. It's They've kind of turned into Hollywood Godzilla. They're just yeah. going right through and taking everything that they want. In fact, there's been some rumors, and I don't know if this is true or not, but there's some rumors that uh, Disney's in talks with Sony, and that they may be they may be pulling them in as well. So, and I'm not sure if I think this is a good thing or not. I'm not sure. I'm thinking, and I think mostly because I think mostly that's because I mean I I mean obviously Disney has done a great job with their properties so far, but at the same time, I always like to see new voices, uh, a new you know a new way of I like to see competition specifically. I mean, what do you what do you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, see, I, as far as I guess the business side of it, I really I don't exactly understand all that. Most people are excited about you know getting to the the fan service. They're getting mm-hmm. excited. Okay, now we're going to get to pull all these things together. Uh, but is that going to give them sort of? Are they going to be the AT and T? Are they going to have all the power? And if you have all the power and you have nothing coming against you and there's no mm-hmm. underdog, no one to, to make you want to work harder. Oh yeah. Uh, what is, what will be, um, what is, what's your, what's your motivation? You know, if you don't need to get any better than this, why do you need to push yourself? Um, like um, Usain Bolt, fastest man on the planet. Um, but he knows that at any time, you know, someone else uh, can, can break one of his records. So he's, still training he he doesn't quit so oh yeah well you know the 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 funny thing about the about competition i mean certainly competition brings the best out of everybody i think under these circumstances for disney if they're going to want at at the situation they're in now where they're sort of on the top of the heap at this point they have to they're going to have to get to a point where they realize that their main competition is themselves i mean i think that's the difference between microsoft and apple for example, mm-hmm. um, Simon Sinek, who's a uh, an, uh, an incredible mind when it comes to 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 competition, to to business, and that sort of thing. And he talked about how he had he had uh, 
he did two talks, one for Microsoft and, and one for Apple. And the whole difference was he, he did this talk for Microsoft and he had a he had one of their um, um, one of their uh, iPods and everybody at Microsoft was just looking at it. They were just staring at it and, they, you know, they're, they're breaking the whole thing down. They're like, what does this thing do that what we can't do, etc.? And they were just asking him constant questions. But before he left, they gave him a Zune. Do you remember the Zunes? I uh, I can recall hearing about the Zunes. Our friend Kevin, but... Kevin Pauly, has, uh, he had a Zune. So it was Microsoft's version of, of, the, of iPod. the iPod. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And it did a lot of interesting things. It was um, um, very um, a very good piece of equipment. Uh, obviously, it didn't ultimately take off. And Microsoft kind of dropped that one. But... Uh, for a while, they, uh, you know, this was going to be their answer to the, to the, um, uh, to the, uh, the iPod, and so Simon Sinek goes to Apple to uh, to do his talk, and he's there with one of the executive vice presidents, and he some he felt like stirring things up a little bit, and he says, "You won't believe what I just got." He says, "What's that?" And he says, "I was at Microsoft, and they gave me their new." Mo- music player it's called a zune and you know there's some things about it that are better than the ipod and the vice president said i'm sure that there is and that was it that was they didn't try to no they didn't care because they Mm -hmm. weren't in competition with microsoft they were in competition with themselves they weren't worried about what microsoft was doing they were worried about what they were doing Mm -hmm. so now, I mean, obviously, with Apple, they have a, a wonderful tendency of noticing what other people do, and then suddenly their their stuff starts doing it. You know, <laughs> they do definitely learn those lessons from successes from other people. But you can't you can't dwell on what your competition is doing. And in a real sense, I think that was the problem uh, that Warner Brothers has been having. And since we've been talking about um, since we're talking about Hollywood Godzilla, of course, we have to talk about the other side of it, Warner Brothers, who is trying to do pretty much the same thing that Disney's trying to do. They just haven't done it as well. You know, they've, they've done four superhero movies in their DC extended universe. Three of them haven't done quite as well. There, there has been one film that, that has done better. Uh, Wonder Woman, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yep, Wonder Woman. And uh, was the most popular of their films, critically and with audiences. And it was, in fact, it was the number one superhero origin film of all time. It made more money than any other origin film, superhero origin film. Mm-hmm. So the success was definitely there. The, There's a possibility for them to do something good. Problem is, I, I really wonder if Warner Brothers knows why that movie worked. I, I'm th- I'm thinking they're looking at this and, and just scratching their head and they're not sure why that movie worked because they didn't think it was going to work at all. They they gave it next to no uh, uh, advertising budget and they just thought this was going to be a knockoff. I mean, it, it was so bad at one point that if you saw Justice League, the designs for um, for Themyscira weren't the same as in in the Wonder Woman movie. They made right. there was That's, that was like a big. Yeah, uh, big internet, you know, blow up controversy and saying oh, yeah. this is what this is what it should look like, and this is what it looked like 
Well, they just they didn't think anybody was really going to watch that movie, so they didn't really care. And it's like it's not like they couldn't get that kind of information. But again, you know, Warner Brothers being more concerned about what Disney's doing, what Marvel Studios is doing, trying to reverse engineer that, they didn't do they didn't put things out that were playing to their own strengths. I mean, they have the most iconic superheroes. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. in their canon. They do. I Superman mean, Superman and Batman. I mean, and, yeah. And, and Wonder Woman. I mean, you say female superhero, first name's going to pop up as Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then you're going to go maybe to Batgirl. And even on the villain side, you probably say Catwoman before you would say. Or Joker. or uh, exactly. Before you would even go into uh, some of the great female uh, heroes, uh, the Invisible Woman and uh, oh, oh, yeah. any of the, the X Men. Um, well, here's the thing about Marvel. Here's something. Um, Except for a few rare situations, on the Marvel side, most of the female superheroes that people know about are just gender-swapped male versions, mm-hmm. for the most part. I mean, there are a few. Like, mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch isn't, uh, Invisible Invisible Woman isn't, but, I mean, uh, Black Widow isn't, but, you know, you've got Captain Marvel, who's was Marvel, a male. You have She-Hulk. Right. Uh, now you have two different versions of She-Hulk, mm-hmm. but you have She-Hulk. But you know, Spider-Woman. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, oh, um, I can't believe I forgot. Oh, the Norse god. It was, they oh, just changed Thor. It. Yeah, Thor. Thor became a woman uh, just, you know, a few years ago. and Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jane Foster. Yeah, but the good... Uh, but sort of goes along with the mythos of the, the Norse gods and their, you know, the... The very old fables. Oh, yeah. And, and that sort of goes along with it as, you know, being transformed into a, a different gender. Was oh, yeah. Well, I mean. A big theme throughout. Well, uh, here's, uh, here's a little bit of, here's a little, a uh, little bit of, um, um, uh, Norse mythology that's not going to wind up in the Marvel movies. But, uh, of course, Loki's a shape changer. Well, Odin, uh, Odin's steed, the horse that he rides, which you see him riding in the first Thor movie. Uh, is actually uh, Loki's son because Loki decided to change himself into a mare and wound up getting this. Yeah. And wound (laughs) up getting pregnant. So he couldn't change back without killing the child. So he had to wait until he, until he delivered that child, the foal foal before he could change. So he was stuck as a mare for a while. So, you know, Loki's that is that horse's mom. So, because you know, there you go. But you know, which I, which I, it's hilarious. But it'll never show up in the movie. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't. I don't see it happening. No. You know, it would. Wouldn't it? Would be great. <laughs> well, you know, they they do give they do give nods to a lot of the Norse mythology. I mean, you see Huggum and Muggum, uh, the two uh, the two ravens. Okay, ravens. I knew there were wolves. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Fenric the wolf showed up in the third Thor movie. Uh, okay. Thor, uh, not Thor, but uh, Hulk winds up fighting fighting the Ooh. wolf. Uh, so, but yeah, you see the two you do you see the two ravens on occasion. They don't like I said they don't point them out, but if you're looking for them, you see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that sort of that nod to the to the mythology, but. But uh, going back to, to Warner Brothers, is I think their biggest problem is they've, they've panicked because they're trying to come up with a formula, uh, the Marvel formula, instead of basically coming up with their own okay. formula. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows, in, in two or three years, 
you know, does Warner Brothers get bought out by Disney? Does D- Disney just basically eat up everybody like Pac-Man? I don't know. Uh, of course, again, you know, in about in about less than a year, the federal government has to basically give their seal of approval to to the to the Fox uh, Disney merger, and they could say no, this is too much of a monopoly, and it doesn't doesn't happen. But here's here's the funny thing about this: they've got the deal that Disney has with Fox is that if they don't, if the merger doesn't go through. Disney is still going to give Fox $2.8 billion for their time. Oh. Billion with a B. <laughs> $2.8 billion. It's like, no hard it's, feelings. Yeah, this is here, guys. Uh, it's no, no problem. Um, it... <laughs> no, I know that you, uh, we've talked about it before with our friends and things, just thinking that pretty much exactly 30 years ago that Disney was on the verge of bankruptcy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was their time uh, mm-hmm. right in between um, oh, the one with Billy Joel, Oliver, Oliver Twist. Uh, Oliver and Company. Oliver and Company mm-hmm. um, versus uh, then came The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, that was like they called the Disney Renaissance was starting with The Little Mermaid. And that's when Aladdin and The Lion King and everyone mm-hmm. really, you know, started noticing Disney again. And I think about the live actions and... I can't I can't think of any of it without thinking of who framed Roger Rabbit. Right. I mean, it was that same time period and um they were they were doing Honey I Shrunk the Kids, so you know, there really it was a Disney big Disney renaissance and uh all the all the characters they got for um who framed Roger Rabbit. I mean, they're all in there. Warner Brothers, I, every everyone's in there and uh you know, we could we could have that again from this uh, merger, I suppose. I, I guess uh, I always made I made the joke about now Bart Simpson's going to be in the next Kingdom Hearts video game. Now I don't play video games, but uh, I. Well, you know the thing was, of course, on the Simpsons they did predict that uh, Fox was going to get bought out by Disney. They did that like what, like three or four years before it happened. Yeah, I mean, the Simpsons has predicted a lot. <laughs> yes, they have. Like uh, Matt Matt Grennan, he's the uh, mm-hmm. he's the next prophet. He's our Nostradamus, I suppose. Yeah, there's um um on the Pat McAfee podcast. Pat McAfee is a he was a kicker for um for the Eagles and he used to actually was a kicker for WVU. Oh, uh, wow. Tri- uh, trivia uh, I managed a wrestler that he fought in the ring. Oh wow! So um, I had um, so I used to be an enemy of Pat McAfee, but he he, de- he there's a, a video of him on his podcast talking about all the different ways that Matt Groening and the um, uh, that Matt Groening has to be a time traveler because oh, yeah. I mean all the stuff that he predicted, you know, like uh, you know nine eleven and uh, the uh, uh, the Trump presidency. Even to a point where they shot the video, they they basically had Trump coming down an escalator in the same angle that you see that the sand hand wave. I mean, it was just you know, so it's just it's it's crazy, frightening. So, is this a time traveler's joke on us, or a crazy person's actual predictions? Well, you know who who knows, Uh, but uh, prognostication is that? Well, you know the thing about it is, I haven't seen anybody do a. they haven't, they haven't done anything where uh, Matt Groening made predictions of the future that didn't happen. You know, we're only talking about the... And after so many years of 
you know, of sort of making these jokes about the future. Some of them of are going to come true. Some of them are going to come true. Of course they're going to come true. It's one of those um, useless, or, or not useless, but uh, irrelevant uh, statistics. Like most shark attacks happen in three feet of water. Yeah. But shark attacks happen in three feet of water because there are people standing in three, in three feet, feet of water. water. Exactly. So it's a... You know, it, it's a useless statistic. Yes, it's true, but it doesn't mean anything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, which is true. But one know, of the big things that we uh, used to talk about was when the Passion of the Christ came out. Mm-hmm. All the millions, and millions of people who went to see it, and then they said, "Oh my gosh, so many people had heart attacks when they went and watched the movie." It's like, well, let's look at the statistics of the people who had heart attacks when they went to see Star Wars. It's probably the same thing because exactly that many people going to see something. Of course, that's going to happen. Oh yeah, well you know, and that's the, and that's the thing. It's like there's a lot of you know. On the one hand, there's a when you when you've been putting it out as many shows as they have done over the years. Of course, there's going to be these moments where they're they're obviously going to hit. On the other side of it, and this was something else somebody pointed out. Well, uh, Pat McAfee pointed out was there's a um, there's an episode where Homer Simpson he's uh, for some reason he's he's fi- discovers he's really good at math. And, uh, so he's, you know, like a beautiful mind. And so he's standing in front of this chalkboard. He's working out this, this formula and it's a formula for the God particle. Are you familiar with the God particle? I've heard that phrase. Yeah. Yeah, Um, The God particle. It's like, it's supposed to be the primordial, um, uh, form, you know, where all matter comes from. And it's the Higgs boson collider is how we discovered it. mm All right. But he's doing this. Uh, he's doing this formula, the exact formula, for the God particle, four years before, before they had discovered, discovered the formula. Wow. It's the exact. So it's like there's coincidences, and then, and then there's oh, kind of pretty you know, crazy. And, you know. and, and as Pat pointed out, he's like, you know, Matt Groening also did Futurama, and it's like now he's just rubbing our face in it. You yeah. know, it's like a guy that's gone <laughs> into the future. I love Futurama so much. Oh yeah. Oh. So he's just, at that point, he's just rubbing your face in it. Is what he's doing. He's like, yeah, I time travel. Yep, I'm just gonna so play my jokes on you guys. <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess basically uh, to, to kind of put a, a coda on on this whole thing is that it's going to be really interesting to see what Disney does. I mean, next year we get the everything bagel known as um, Avengers uh, Infinity War, where it's got everything in it, and then then you're gonna eventually you're gonna you're gonna have X Men and you're gonna have Fantastic Four on top of that. Where does it go from there? Yeah, but is that going to be a Hieronymus Bosch painting of just all the characters. Well, the poster certainly looks that way, doesn't it? <laughs> Is that our, we're just going to get like two seconds of each character? Um, and I understand they're all established and stuff, but is it going to be the point to where it's, uh, oh, is it that movie Slackers that's just a bunch of uh, mm-hmm. vignettes of different people? There's no main character. Uh, well, not that know, I won't go see it, not that I won't be so excited. Well, you know? I mean, the one thing to keep in mind, too, is now not only does Disney have money to burn, they've got characters to burn. I think people are going to be dying left and right in this movie. So it'll be, it, you know, do we, do we lose Iron Man finally? Is he going to die in this one? We'll see. But it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And, of course, I'm also looking forward to Black Panther. That movie yes. looks so oh, good. that looks so good. That movie looks so good. I, I can't oh. wait for that film. The, the planets, the, oh, everything it, it does. It looks so It looks so exciting. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I rarely go out and see movies. That's one I want to see. I want to mm-hmm. see that. And I want to see Ocean's 8. 
Oh, yeah. And it's not just, you know, oh, feminism, yeah, way to go. <laughs> it looks really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the trailer looks really good, and I love all the people in it. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's going to be some good stuff coming mm-hmm. out in the theater. But it's also going to be interesting to see what happens on, on the uh, Warner Brothers side, because their next superhero movie is Aquaman. It's the, toward the end of next year. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's long time. long time away. And they're already making plans of doing superhero films outside of their universe. So it looks like they're they're working on uh, they're working on kind of breaking things up a little bit. And you know it's it's interesting because a lot of people said, are they just going to do a reboot of the DC universe? And conventional wisdom says, man, you've got to do that because they they've had so many misses. But at the same time, do you reboot Wonder Woman when it did so well? No, that makes it. I mean, if Wonder Woman would have tanked, mm-hmm. that would have been different. But it did really well. And well, so, like in the past. I don't know, a decade or so, they had attempted Wonder Woman, then they attempted another Wonder Woman TV show. Yeah, which, which was horrible. I didn't, I didn't even see it. Did they well, get past the pilot at all? It, no, they no. didn't. They never aired the pilot. Yeah. I saw uh, it, the pilot leaked on YouTube for a little while, mm. and, and they snatched it up. <laughs> oh yeah, it was we it was horrible. I mean, we could do we could do an entire we could do an entire show on this. Other mm-hmm. people have basically talked about this pilot. It's it's wretched. It's oh. it's like it's what I expected Wonder Woman to be in the Marvel in the uh, DC universe, except for the fact that Patty Jenkins was directing, and I knew she had chops. Mm-hmm. My only concern was was Warner Brothers going to interfere too much so that she couldn't she couldn't do what she does best. Fortunately, they didn't, and for the most part, there was of course, you know, Patty Jenkins talks about how she had to fight tooth and nail with the producers to keep the the no man's land scene in the movie they wanted to cut the whole thing mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is insane it's yeah. like one of the best parts of the movie and they wanted to cut the whole thing which you have to wonder are you guys nuts do you not know how these movies work and apparently it just seemed like they didn't That's the so. thing about you know with director's cuts and uh watching them and are they uh are they good? But ADHD moment here. Um, <laughs> our the the man who was the kicker for the uh, for the WU and has a podcast now was Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. Okay, you said that you were you managed a wrestler. I managed a wrestler I have known to as know. War- mm-hmm. Okay, what was his name? Warpig. Warpig. Okay, yes. now what was Pat McCaffrey's? Uh, oh, he was just Pat McAfee. That's it. Oh, he so, didn't have some cool uh, well, cool nom de guerre. Or? No, he didn't. Well, because we were he was basically. What had happened was we had uh, we were traveling a little bit with the normally we just we just did wrestling shows out of Charleston, but we just uh, we decided to do a wrestling show up in Morgantown, and so we went up in Morgantown, and Pat McAfee was in the audience and loved it and became a fan of IWA East Coast, which was the name of the wrestling mm-hmm. company I used to work for, and so he really and he was a big fan of of the War Pig. And so he came to Charleston, and and he's like, "Man, I want to wrestle Warpig." And like, "Well, sure, we'll." we'll so, do we'll... I know Warpig? Have I met him? I don't know if you. I, I don't know if you met. Now we're going to kayfabe this, but uh, <laughs> it's like we're, protect the damn business. But yep. uh, uh, Carter Jelasek is the guy. Yes, played. you've met Carter. Yes, I know Carter. Okay. Yes. Oh he... my gosh, what did he wear? <laughs> oh, he would wear. He wore a big rubber pig head mask. Uh, he would. Uh, he wore uh, a t-shirt. And khaki pants and 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 uh, army boots, and he also wore this big bloody uh, apron. 
So oh, it was kind of a crock. So it was kind of, and this was this was long before Pork Chop. If anybody knows that movie, yes, that's what I was that just was, thinking. Is this is this yeah, is Pork Chop. Yeah, Pork Chop ripped off uh, War Pig. That's mm-hmm. what I'm just going to say that now. But it's okay. <laughs> we'll, but we'll keep we'll keep we'll, that a sh- secret. That's, that's a secret. That's a secret. But, but, but watch it. But watch Pork Chop. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. If you're if you're listening, watch Pork Chop. <laughs> oh, there you go. But. Um, but it was, and of course, Pat McAfee winds up going over in the match. He he wins with a super kick, which is uh, uh, if you if you watch WWF and you remember Shawn Michaels, he did yes. a thing called Sweet Chin Music. That's a super kick, and we thought, and that's how he beat the War Pig because he's a kicker. Mm-hmm. So he beat him with a kick. Now so I don't that, I don't want you to think that I know who Shawn Michaels is because I watched WWF or WWE. Well, I I did like once or twice, but my sister Cecilia was just. I mean, those were the posters up in her room. Oh, I, I had posters of Leonardo DiCaprio. She had posters of Shawn Michaels, and she had a life-size cutout. It was, you know, before fat heads and stuff. This was oh, cardboard, and uh, there he was in his chaps and everything. And well, you know, <laughs> your fanhood is a fanhood. Fanhood you know? is a fanhood, exactly. yes. Exactly. So. Uh-huh. Um, so, well, before we before we end up, um, I we do have to point out that Christmas is almost here. Yes, it is. It's solstice right now. It's yeah. solstice right now. I don't know when you're listening to this, but it is solstice. Well, it, if this is well, we're recording on Thursday, and I'm hoping to have this up Thursday evening, Friday morning. So, mm-hmm. but uh, and of course, with Christmas and a Whovian, that also means that there's a very good chance that the main character of your favorite show is about to die. Die, yes. <laughs> and that's what's going to happen on the odd number of odd numbered yeared Christmases. Doesn't yeah. that happen? Well, it's been kind of. I mean, this has been kind of a, of course. Um, uh, Peter Capaldi is going to be be leaving Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and it was kind of strange because we've had we had sort of a silence, uh, a Doctor Who silence because the last Christmas special between the last Christmas special and the one before it, which is uh, between uh, the the Husbands of River Song and the Return of Doctor Mysterio, there was no Doctor Who at all, so it kind of went silent for a while. Um, but uh, and then after after Doctor Mysterio, he came back for one more season, and now. We're getting ready this Christmas for him to to regenerate mm-hmm. uh, to a new car- to a new doctor, yes, a female doctor, a and, female doctor. And you've been working on the cosplay. I have, for that. I have been working on a Jodie Whittaker cosplay. Yes. I'm so excited about it. I have all my pieces except my uh, suspenders and my coat. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't get to see her sonic screwdriver yet, so I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm really excited to see that. And um, you know, I don't, I. I don't know much about Jodie Whittaker. I do know that she actually did Antigone, mm-hmm. where she played Antigone, and uh, Christopher Eccleston played Creon. Creon. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. exactly. And so that's that's very exciting. To well, do and it. she also, of course, uh, what she's most known for is Broadchurch. Broadchurch, yeah. I, where, I want and to she watch played, Broadchurch. Yeah, and she yeah. played opposite, of course, of, of uh, David, David Tennant. David Tennant, yes. So, so she's got a couple connections to some doctors in there. and Absolutely. And th- doesn't that just happen, you know, uh, Matt Smith was on Secret Diaries of a Call Girl with Billy Piper and oh, yeah. all all these uh, people. Yeah, you don't course. you don't get cast in Doctor Who. You catch it. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a communicable di- a communicable disease. Well, it, yeah, it's uh, the BBC. You know, they just you recycle costumes and sets mm-hmm. and actors. <laughs> well, well, the thing about it is, and that's not just in the new series because I I remember uh, Peter Davison, uh, his Doctor. Um, there was a scene when he went back to Gallifrey and one of the Gallifreyan guards was going to shoot him and kill him, who was played uh, by Colin Baker. 
the next who would be the, the next, next doctor, doctor. exactly yes. uh-huh. so he he caught doctor who of course he did so well amy pond um she was uh she was one of the soothsayers yes. in uh pompeii and mm-hmm. of course martha was a secretary in uh oh torchwood in torchwood yes. mm-hmm. well she and uh, well she was in torchwood before they had torchwood right and uh she died in the Battle of Canary Wharf. Mm-hmm. So she had the little earpieces. Yeah, in. sucked out her brain. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I love the discussions you have on, about Doctor Who. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, we're not just losing Peter Capaldi, who was a great actor. And, and it's, I know mm-hmm. that you're not caught up on Peter I'm Capaldi. Not. And we will get you caught Don't up. Don't yell at me, fandoms. Not, uh, but I will, I will get you caught up because yes. there's a lot of really good moments. But, uh, of course, with the Christmas special, we'll have Peter Capaldi, uh, Bill, which was his. Um, mm-hmm. I did see an episode with with Bill, her. She's with Bill. Yeah, she'll she she'll be her. back, and uh, David Bradley is going to be back, um, playing a role that's although not the exact same role, but something familiar. He'll be playing the first Doctor. Oh yes, the one who who played William Hartnell in the, uh, the BBC movie about. Yes. The making of Doctor Who. <laughs> yes. yes. A Journey Through Space and Time. A Journey Through Space and Time. Have you seen yes. that? I have. Oh, did you was... get all weepy at of the end? Of course I did. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. So so instead of playing William Hartnell, of course, he's going to be playing that character. And he was, I when he come walking, when I heard his voice, I, I knew who it was. And I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, that's amazing that they got someone who looks so much like him. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that he sounds so much like him, too. Or oh, yeah. maybe he voice trained, I don't know, to, to make his voice like that. But, man, that was spot on. It was that spot was on. It's going, to be, it's going to be amazing. Now, of course, we're not just losing Peter Capaldi. We're also losing Stephen Moffat. He's he's stepping down oh. as uh, with this Christmas episode will be his last with Doctor Who. He's stepping down as mm-hmm. showrunner. And Chris Chibnall is going to be taking over. Okay, I don't know. See, like I knew before when Russell T. Davies, mm-hmm. you know, he was he was the the front runner, and then when Stephen Moffat took over, I knew about him from Coupling. Mm-hmm. And after watching, you know, the the couple episodes of that, I was like, "There's this perfect because the way he could handle oh, the yeah. story." Oh well, yeah, I mean, great. well, the thing is, I mean, he had already kind of proven himself with a, a, some iconic episodes of Doctor Who. The most famous, of course, being Blink, which yes. he wrote. But there were other, uh, you know, Silence in the Library he did. He created the character River Song. And there were other things that he's done. And uh, so, of course, when he took over Showrunner, everybody was really excited. Mm-hmm. Now, with Chris Chibnall, now he did a lot of stuff in Broadchurch. Um, but he's mostly known for the scripts that he wrote for Torchwood. Okay. All so, right. Good. Now, he did write, now, he did write some stuff for Doctor Who. He wrote uh, uh, the episode 42 which was a was a David Tennant episode where this possessed son was basically sucking the spaceship in, and it was possessing uh, some of the members of the crew uh, to kill other members of the crew. Mm-hmm. And this was a Martha Martha Jones episode, okay. and he did that one. He did um, he did uh, Hungry Earth slash uh, Cold Blood, which was a uh, a Matt Smith episode that brought back the Silurians. So oh, he yes. he wrote mm-hmm. that one, but he also wrote yes. Dinosaurs on a Spaceship, <laughs> and he also wrote uh, The Power of Three, the the black cubes that fell out of, out of the sky, and okay. as as an so he's like he's kind of hit or miss, I think, with Doctor Who. But the thing about it is, some of the things he said he's going to do. Of course, he he's really shaking things up. He's cast a woman as the Doctor. He mm-hmm. says he wants to make 
the show more cinematic. He also said he wants to get away from the one and done episodes where uh, he wants to have cliffhangers. He wants mm-hmm. the, the shows to kind of run a little bit and, more serial like 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 they use uh, yeah. the very very first right of uh, Doctor Who's were very serialistic. Very you oh know, exactly. I mean, yeah. you have six episodes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know. Uh, Trial of a Time Lord was an entire season that was con- had connected episodes. That was Colin Baker. Where- <laughs> Excuse me. I wonder what that'll sound like. <laughs> oh, there you- so, so basically, um, so you know, you got Chris Chibnall coming in, and like I said, um, Stephen Moffat he did he did a lot for the show. I, I do have to say though, I think it is time for you know for a new a new Fresh. eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because I think I mean Stephen Moffat he's very creative. Uh, but the thing is, when you do something for too long, it just kind of it, it, it kind of gets you after a while. And the other thing too that about Stephen Moffat is when when you have that type of creativity, he got in kind of into a habit of something that I think ultimately was his detriment, which was he loved painting himself in a corner. He would come up with this really big concept, and then see what he would do. What he wanted to do was he would challenge himself to come to 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 write an ending, you know, for that concept. He would build this thing up. I, I like to refer to this as the lost problem, you know. Oh, uh huh. You know, where yeah. lost they they build these things off and they didn't yeah. pay it off very well, right? And uh-huh. so, you know, what I, was the big black smoke monster? Oh, it we was. I don't know. Not much. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and the it was thing the was, spirit of the island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. And and Stephen Moffat, he would do that. He like, the name of the Doctor, Trenzalore. You know the you know the oldest question in the universe. He would he would do these amazing setups, and you're like, I wonder where this is going to go. And it would not. He didn't always stick the landing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'd have to say more times than not, when he was jumping the shark, you know, he didn't. He pretty much didn't stick the landing for the most part. Mm-hmm. He he would he could come up with great concepts for single episodes, but when he would do these arcs, you know it. It didn't, you know, he just wouldn't stick the landing. Short stories rather than novels. Yeah, the thing about it is you're usually better off if you're going to come up with a big concept. you got to know where it's going. Mm -hmm. And coming up, you know, and just stick, kind of painting yourself into a corner. Uh, And I can tell you as a writer, I love doing that. I love coming up with making a challenge for myself and then trying to figure a way out of this challenge. In fact, a short story I'm working on right now is... I tried to come up with the most blatantly horrendous cliche there is in horror and trying to do something fresh with it. I wanted to do that, and that's been kind of my challenge. But the thing is, I'm doing that in a short story. I'm not doing that in a novel. Mm-hmm. But uh, but no, he, had, he just kind of had that habit of doing that, and it didn't always pay off for him. But, I mean, you have to say that what he brought to Doctor Who, mm-hmm. I mean, really has given Chris Chibnall... Uh, the opportunity to do some what he's going to be able to do with the show because of course um Stephen Moffat took chances mm-hmm. you know he challenged the the concept of the show and i mean Russell T Davies he i mean just in in the beginning you know being able to bring certain things in the show they never addressed before like the TARDIS was always just sort of a plot device it allows us to to, to have a story set anywhere we want to set it. It can be any kind of story because the TARDIS can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But when Russell, the first time Russell T. Davies has 
you know, the ninth doctor bring Rose back to her home and they screwed up and she's been gone for a year. Well, what would that mean? It's like, everybody's, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, they've been putting up posters and everything else. And it's like, at that moment I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause they've Mm -hmm. never done that before. It's a possibility. But for the most part in old who they've done everything they could to eliminate the TARDIS as a way of moving the the plot along. It was just to to, to develop the setting but they didn't want to use it as a plot device. In fact, mm-hmm. they went as far as coming up with what they called the Blinovich limitation effect. Are you, no, this was something no. the third doctor talked about. Okay. Because um, I want to say it was Joe Grant. It was either Joe Grant or uh, Sarah Jane Smith asked him. They were in the middle of a situation. He says, well, you got a time machine. Why don't you know? Why don't yeah. you just go back? And t- if, if you don't fix it this time, why don't you not just go back in time do and, yeah. and do it again? And he says, I can't because of the Blinovich limitation effect. And, of course, the, the villain, the villains walk in, so he can't explain what that is. Oh. But uh, that was it, the Blinovich limitation effect. It's like uh, TARDISes are for, are for, for, are for uh, settings only, not for plots. Well, I, I was thinking of uh, Legopolis. Mm-hmm. Um, the, when four regenerated into five. Right. And the TARDIS got stuck inside the TARDIS. Right. Yeah. Well, and, it was the it, it was the master's TARDIS got caught in the doctor's TARDIS, and it was and, it became a loop. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they kept and mm-hmm. and it shrunk, and uh, there was the thing about uh, the the Logopolitan, whatever they Logopolis. Logopolis yeah. that they they were you know reading off the numbers, and if they read the block numbers transfer, wrong, block transfer computations. This allowed the this was. Oh my uh, god, you geek! I I know I know this stuff. <laughs> The fourth doctor was my guy. Yeah, block transfer computations have the ability to to affect matter, you know, and so the doctor was going to use their computations to to basically um, fix the TARDIS because it was it was getting old. Well, you know, it, yeah. it was old when he got it, but to repair to help repair the TARDIS, and of course the the master got involved in all that and kind of fouled things up. So, and there's some other things too. So, but, do you think that the Logopolitans uh, knew the Skasis paradigm? Well, see, because that's the thing. The Skasis paradigm was sort of the same thing. It was like, mm-hmm. a, it was kind of a rehashing. Yeah. That's... You know, which is, here's the funny thing about this is that Sarah Jane in that episode um, gives David Tennant's doctor some advice that he completely ignored, which was that the Time Lords have had their time. You know, it's too late for them. They're never coming back. You shouldn't try to bring them back. It's like they've had their time. You need to let them go. And, of course, he didn't do that. No. He certainly did not do that. I mean, it took a few uh, took a few seasons, but, you know, and a 50th anniversary show. But he couldn't he couldn't let it go. So but it is going to be interesting to see um, to see the episode. I It is playing in theaters. Uh, I I may go ahead and watch it uh, on television. I'm not the biggest fan of watching Doctor Who on BBC America. Not that there's anything wrong with the channel. I love the channel. But I'm just used... Uh, commercials, right? Commercials. <laughs> yeah. I hate the commercials. It just drives, drives me nuts. You know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, it's even to a point now with commercials that even when I watch Walking Dead... I don't even watch it the night. Right. I watch it the so next. So you can fast forward it. Through the commercials. Exactly yes, I record it. Yes. Uh-huh. I can't help it. And I know that it's those commercials that help, you know. Pay for it. Pay yep. for everything. But Great. Wonderful. But. Yeah, which is awesome, but I just don't want to watch them. <laughs> so 
<laughs> but I'm probably I, I may still watch it on television. I'm not. I, if if for no other reason is that Doctor Who spoilers are like the worst, and I don't know if I could deal with just not being on the internet for those two days. If I, mm-hmm. I may just I may just have an embargo and just not, and so I can watch it in the theater. I I, I love I, I love watching the Doctor Who episodes in the theater. Yeah. So, but I am definitely looking forward to it. It'll be interesting to see what uh, the whole the whole next you know next season's coming up. This this whole run, I'm I'm excited about. Oh yeah. Well, I'll I'll definitely get you caught up on on, um, on Peter Capaldi because yep. there were some really number twelve. <laughs> yeah, there were some really good moments uh, in his episodes. I mean, there's some really standout uh, meme worthy episodes of things that he that he did. Uh, that he really brought to the he, that he that he brought to the character some some new stuff and, and some things that um, some people maybe are not as cool with um, Sonic sunglasses for example Sonic sunglasses yes. wow okay so that that was a thing um, kind of well Sonic meaning sound and then like it'd be like Oculus I don't I'm not yeah. certain. Yeah, it was it was a, uh-huh. it was it was a weird thing. Sound def- with your eyes, uh, a synesthesia. synesthesia. You know, you're crossing your senses there. Oh yeah, I can hear with my eyes. Oh, there you go, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I can yeah. taste colors. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, that that was sort of that was sort of a, a moment where people are like, really, glasses, sunglasses, shades, ray bands that can open doors. Really, we're going to go there. We're going to do that thing. Uh, but they, but you know, like I said, there was a lot of stuff that in the Peter Capaldi episodes that I that I really loved, and of course I'm going to be sad to see him go, but it's going to be really exciting to see what uh, Jodie Whittaker does with the role. And yes, we're not going to have to wait as long. I I want to say April is when they're going to get started. Okay. April or August, I can't remember. I'm just used to one Doctor of the A months. One of the A months. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't remember which one it is. I just know that usually you just wait for Doctor Who. That's just the, the nature of of our sh- of the right. show and and loving this It'll show. It'll happen when it happens. It happens when it happens. <laughs> so, but uh, so we'll see what happens um, come Christmas, and then of course next week. Um, you haven't seen Star Wars yet. I have not. So, <laughs> if, but you are planning on seeing it. I am it. planning on seeing it. Yeah. That'll give us something to talk about next okay. week. Because I've got a lot that I want to talk wow. to you about that. Uh-huh. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, and it'll be, I think it will be an interesting conversation because uh, absolute honesty, Star Wars is one of my earliest memories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's one of my, I can remember, you know, the first movies watching in my life for star wars well i was 10 years old in 1977 and i remember in beckley going to the going to the to the theater when there were only like two theaters in the, in the entire thing and watching star wars and uh so you know i mean it was all part of our childhood so it's definitely i'm definitely going to be interested in talking to you and and, and getting your opinion of star wars because this uh the uh People's opinions are kind of torn on this one, which is interesting. It's mm-hmm. like the the critics gave it really high marks, and the audiences are about fifty fifty. Wow! Mm-hmm. So, it, like I said, it'll be interesting to talk about that. So, uh, that'll be for next week. All right. And so, Sounds folks, uh, geek watchers, thank you for listening for the Geek Watch podcast. Sorry that it took so long, but as you can tell, it was worth the wait. Oh, thank you, and oh. thank you guys for listening. All right. Until next time, keep keep keep, keep it geeky, my friends. Yeah.